0: Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ And become one with him I no longer count on my own righteousness Rather I become righteous Through faith in Christ For God's way of making us right with himself Depends on faith Now I have given up everything else Which I knew to be the only way To really know Christ I haven't learned all I should But I keep working towards the day When I will finally be all that Christ Saved me for and wants me to be Knowing him more and more Knowing me Welcome to your car house and now a senior pastor reverend gilbert or how to prophesy is as simple as how to speak in tongues i used to think that interpretation of tongues was something strange because i was wrongly taught so as i lay the blocks and teach about the gift When understanding comes, things become easy. That's why I said, when you come to a Holy Ghost meeting, let yourself go. You may be a quiet person by nature. Let it go. Be involved. There are things you may not understand. Just be involved. There are certain spiritual things you may not understand. But when you get involved, you'll be blessed. And I'll show you evidence in Scripture to understand how getting involved can bless your life. When you become too logic, it's difficult to yield to the Spirit. God's power can make you fall. God's power can make you laugh uncontrollably. One of the evidence of supernatural move of God in your life is uncontrollable laughter. A man of God can touch you and God can stir up the gifts in your life. I said yesterday, it's not the hand that brings the gift. No, it can never be. But the man of God is like fire. You can have charcoal that needs lightning. You can have candle that needs lightning. The gifts that will stir up in you, Timothy, by the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So when I lay hands on you, which I'll be doing as I'm led, either this morning or tonight, it stirs up the abilities of God in you. You know, I've had a challenge. I have... Let me just give you an example I have more than... The simple way, okay. So I have thousand points I've written. And I'm supposed to teach you all that to get you to where I want you to get to. As I speak, I'm at 100. And I have three sections. It's, it's challenging for me because I don't know where, and I can't jump it. There are some things you can't jump. Yesterday, I spoke to my pastor. He said, if you're sorry for me, may God be with you. <laughs> the time is so small There are so many things because for me, like I said, for four years, we've not done anything concerning the gifts. I did that on purpose as a pastor because at a certain point in the church's life, people came here because of prophecy. So I've had people even say, I've lost my gift. I laugh. Because those who follow me to programs know when I go to other people's church, since that's what they want, I give it to them. But you are my baby. I can't treat you anyhow. The pastors will so come and prophesy. That's what they want to feed their children. If you are going to town, somebody says, please, buy watermelon for me. They say, no, you don't need watermelon, you need pineapple. You can't force them. But because this is where I have been made a pastor and I'm going to account for your spiritual growth, I can't just do anything. Whatever I do, one day I will stand before my master and account. There's accountability. There's accountability in how you live your Christian life. There is. An instruction is given. You saw it. You ignored it. There's accountability. It's the truth. Are you here? So when you come to Holy Ghost, it's different from our normal services. That's why I'm trying to teach you the different services we have. There's a service we all dress nicely and come and write and be prim and proper. Yeah. Then there's a service where we come, I don't even know you because it's about me and my God. And such stirrings help you outside this auditorium. A gift of God is never given to you for you. No. It's for people. There's nothing God gave you that is for you, as in for your use, as in for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Are you following? Does it make sense? So if, if God gives you a gift, he gives you a gift for others. So I'm a pastor not to myself. That's why I have a pastor. I have been made a pastor for you. So whatever God entrusts in your hand, he entrusted it for others. So some of us, we are depriving others from benefiting from what God has given us for them. Example, your father, let's say, a property in the home is given to you since you are the senior brother and make sure that the rest of the siblings don't suffer. And you have taken it and you are chilling. So every child of God somebody's blessing is inside you. Let me put it this way. So, if you don't go out and preach the gospel, the people that must hear the gospel from you, they remain in captivity. Let me make you sorry small. So, if you have been given this prophetic gift, word of, word of, all this why, and for all this why, because of wrong church, or wrong focus, you were not taught, so you have never used your, Prophetic gift God has given you. Do you know how many lives you have deprived from receiving direction from you? You rather you have been seeking for direction when several people's direction is inside of you. Now. So we deprive people all the time when we don't use what God gave to us for others. When I don't come to church, it doesn't affect only me. It affects anybody who is supposed to be blessed by what God gave me. If you don't come to church and there's something you are supposed to learn so that when you know, you can tell that friend because whatever God gives you as an information is either for now or for tomorrow. You or somebody. So, God is dispersing an information that will help a Jew tomorrow. And you are God's ambassador in a life. But you were not there. My pastor put it this way. He said, imagine you were in Jesus' teaching service. When he did in Luke 24, 25, 27. And then when he says, wait, tarry at Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Ghost, you didn't go. You actually get the knowledge, but you don't get the experience. That's why some things you can't listen to it from the audio. The experiences we are having, it can be duplicated. That's why I said some things are taught, some things are caught, and the catching is done in the atmosphere. So whoever misses this program and thinks they can listen to the tape, they are wasted because what is going to happen supernaturally within your spirit? How do we record it on the audio for them? Atmospheres are not duplicated. So Jesus says, "Starry in Jerusalem and you shall be endued with power. Then you sat home. There's nowhere in the Bible, the Bible says the power went to their houses. Because there's always an instruction to what God wants to do. There's always an instruction. That's why the day Jesus died was prophesied. The place he died was prophesied. The day he resurrected was everything about Jesus. Because we have not been taught the Bible where we think there is nothing happened to even the things he said. There's nothing he said, there's nothing he did. There's nobody who was in his life that was not prophetically directed. That's why we have some relationships that are divine. You do anything to protect it. There are certain relationships. Don't let anything make you look down or dishonor the relationship. Because destinies, God's will, God's plan is always attached to a relationship. It's very important. Are you here? Take your seat. Okay. Back to Holy Ghost Meetings. Or believers meeting. There's a team for this convention. Holy Ghost meeting. Or believers meeting. A little recap. In this convention, the focus is that by precepts and practice, the believer will leave. In the reality of the Holy Ghost meeting, the focus of this convention is that by precepts and practice, precept simple means teaching, and practice, the believer will live in the reality of Holy Ghost meeting. We said our first encounter with the Spirit of God was when we heard the gospel. Our, as Christians, our first encounter with God's spirit is the day we heard the gospel. The reason is that it took the Holy Ghost to bring Christ's truth to us. It took the Holy Ghost to bring Christ's truth to us believers. Then we said Jesus is Lord. You find that in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirteen, that says that no man can say no man that is with the spirit by the spirit can call Jesus a cast. But anybody who says Jesus is Lord, he does that by the Spirit of God. So the message that was brought was conveyed by the Holy Ghost. And then by the Holy Ghost, we confess Jesus' Lordship. Are you here? Again, that information. So that information about Jesus, that information about Jesus, it took the Holy Spirit to put light on the finished work of Christ. remember Jesus in the book of John said, it was good that the comforter is come. When he comes, he would convict men of sin. He would tell people about his death. So it is the Holy Ghost that speaks concerning the finished work of Christ. So when he says he will convict men of sin, we put our mind into the scripture and think Holy Ghost will be telling you "You you're a sinner, you're a sinner. That's why people people prophesy and mention people's sin. God can never reveal somebody's sin to you. If he does that, he has contradicted his word, he has contradicted the works of Jesus. One of the things I'll be teaching about the prophetic is because some things we have been told, so anytime we talk about prophecy, it's either you're looking for somebody who has sinned, or what the devil is going to do. It's a mindset. So somebody wants to kill you. I saw a coffin. It's a mentality. I was in that mentality for more than 20 years. So I know what I'm talking about. One of the things I've seen with the prophetic is what you see you begin to produce. I saw the prophetic ministry in a certain way based on where I sat and who taught me. So anytime I held the mic and I saw anybody, all I desired to see was something negative. Because we were told that the prophetic ministry, God uses it to destroy the works of the devil. But it's never true. The rest of the devil was destroyed by what Jesus did. <laughs> Let me say something interesting. Do you know that there is no prayer in the New Testament about killing the devil, praying against anybody? So, what we even call spiritual warfare. I promise I'm going to do that teaching on spiritual warfare. It's not in the Bible. We send fire to the camp of the devil. Any witch. is not there. In fact, hear me. This one, I write it in capital. There is no prayer against in the whole of the New Testament. Prayer against even the devil is not there. Praying against people is not a Christ spirit. The prayers you see in the New Testament is prayer for. Pray for us. Pray for me. Pray for those who use you. Pray for those who are against you. Pray for your enemies. It's for. There is no against (laughs) in our walk with Christ. Nobody's an enemy. Some can call you enemies. It doesn't mean you call them enemies. And some make you enemies out of ignorance. No, no. Because they are ignorant. There are some wicked people. Sorry, sorry. Let me reverse. There are some people who do wicked things. And then later I find out they are serious Members of certain, I get amazed. Hey, that's why I say I reverse. They are no wicked people, <laughs> they do wicked things. There's some people you can't believe. Hey, but is not a chief washer. Sorry, If I suffer back on the prototype, there's no above mafia. <laughs> he's doing business with you and he's mafiaing You and you can't think far. You begin to wonder if ah, way. <laughs> You don't believe it. It's it's ignorance. Ignorance makes you see another man as an enemy. Ignorance. Are you here? Okay. Continue. So the information about Christ, it took the Holy Spirit to put light on the finished work of Christ. So when I accept the gospel... I love this one. When I accepted the gospel, I didn't just join a religion or a church. I actually received the spirit of God. When I accepted the gospel, and this is key to these teachings, it forms a very important foundation to understand that you have the gifts of the spirit. That the day you accepted the gospel of Christ, you didn't just join the church or join a religion called Christianity. You have to understand it in your spirit man. That the day you accepted the gospel. You received God's own spirit inside of you. Bible says because you are a son. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. So you have the spirit of God. Say I have the spirit of God. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, I have, I have the spirit of God. You must say it till you get it in your mind. The spirit of God is not a visitor you invite into your life. He dwells in you. Watch this. I said, so you actually receive the spirit of God. And because you receive the spirit of God, you are now called Spiritual. So I I, I had an encounter with the Spirit of God the day I heard the gospel. And by the Spirit of God, I said Jesus was Lord. And then I received the Spirit of God. And because I received the Spirit of God through the gospel, I am now called spiritual. So every born again person in Christ is a spiritual being. That's why I said, I told you, so we don't travel into the spirit. Rahumumu. You are always in the spirit. I said, even if you are eating fufu. It's your nature. Spirit is your nature. The reason why it's big deal for God to become a man because manness is not his nature. That's why it becomes a gospel that must be preached. They announce that God has become a man who, hey. But when you say God is a spirit, and you are surprised something is wrong, because that's his nature. So for a Christian to, sorry to say, not know that you are spiritual by nature, something is wrong. The spiritual is your natural abode of your spirit man. The spiritual is your natural abode, your natural self. Of the spirit man that you have. So the beauty of a Christian is that he's both naturally a human being and spiritually a spirit. A Christian is both naturally a human being. Very, very natural. That's why food goes through your app and comes through your back. It's natural. That's why you sleep. Can you even be listening to God's word and be dozing? Bible says God is not a man that is, you should slumber. So there are some things that shows that you are natural. And then you are very, very spiritual because you have the spirit of God inside of you. I've said this before. I'm just saying it for the sake of understanding. That Jesus depicts what we are. So Jesus was fully God and fully man. nipa prekope. If he was not a man, he can't be limited by location. So he was in Galilee, he was. Then he went to Capanium. (laughs) He was not at Galilee, Capanium at the same time. Because he was fully man. That's why in the boat he could sleep and they have to wake him up. But the Bible says God does not sleep nor slumber. He has to do that's why he can cry. He cried when his friend died. It's the human side that cried. When the man side, when the spirit side awoke, do you hear what he said? He says I'm the the resurrection and the life. This man is not there, he'll rise up again. But you know the same person who was crying. Ah, why are you crying when you know you raise him up? Have you thought of it? He knew he was going to raise the guy up. So why are you crying? I, I don't know if you get me. If you lose something, you know you get it back. You don't worry about it. You only worry when you know you get it back. It shows you how Jesus was shifting from God and man at the same time. That's why you can hear the word of God so powerful. I am, I am. Then the next minute it will be ball, and you can crap and what you. Yes. So, the moment the flesh is trying to take over the spirit, you remind yourself who you actually are. Do you understand? The reason we meditate, the reason why we keep hearing the word of God, because the flesh is always at war with your spirit. With the flesh, there is fear. One minute you are afraid. You know, sometimes when you come to church and you hear those messages, you are, ah, I know, I know, oh, me, I know, oh, oh, oh. When you go there, (laughs) and the flesh takes charge, You forget you are the one who was saying, you know, you know. I know God has done it. I know. (laughs) Are you here? Yeah. So you have to have that consciousness to understand that you are fully spiritual. Even though you are humanly human. Is that okay? Okay. And then we said again, what else did we say? That the word spiritual... Simply means of the spirit, by the spirit, in the spirit. When we say spiritual, it means you are of the spirit, you are by the spirit, and you are in the spirit. So when you are off, in, by the spirit, you don't ask the Holy Spirit or God to give you his spirit. A Christian does not ask God to give him his spirit. When you do that, you are ignorant of who you are. Again, because the Spirit of God dwells in you, in me, I have a new identity. This is also very key. That because you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, that that fact alone changes your identity you are called the temple of God. So the term spiritual is used for the communication of the gospel and also the recipient of the gospel. The term spiritual is used first for the communication of the gospel and secondly for the recipient of the gospel. That is the mode of transmission. The word of God is a spirit So the information of the gospel is spiritual. And when you receive a spiritual message, the spiritual message has a potency to make you spiritual. That's why Paul will write to the Ephesians church and say, you who were dead, has he given life. Because God's spirit is God's life. So we were dead in sin. But the moment the gospel came, he quickened. I said the word quicken means to give life or to make alive. So we were made alive by the Spirit of God that we were given. You remember, his life is in the Spirit, or the Spirit is his life. So a born again man receives God's Spirit by the entrance and the acceptance of the gospel into his or her heart. Are we here? I'm still just doing recap, saying it in different ways to give you better understanding. Again, notice carefully that the word gift, notice very carefully that the word gift is part of the gospel preached. The word gift Charisma is part of the gospel that is preached. The gospel itself is a gift. And within the gift of the gospel is the gifts of the spirit. Do you get that? The gospel that is being given to you is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And within the gift of the gospel is the gifts of God... Which is God's Spirit. You see, there's something in the language of the Greek when a plural can still mean singular. It's high school or PhD teaching. But just for the understanding, for example, you can say, I have received the gifts of the Spirit. But really, really, you are talking about a gift. Why is, why am I saying that? Okay. The gift of God we receive there is God's spirit. So it is singular when you limit it to what we receive. What we actually got on the day we got saved is just one thing called spirit. And that spirit is God's spirit. But within that spirit are several gifts. His forgiveness is in his spirit. His life is in his spirit. His nature is in his spirit. So God's nature is in his spirit. Sonship is in the spirit. He says because you are sons, he has sent forth the spirit of his son. So in in that spirit of God is God's DNA. You can never have God's spirit if he has not forgiven you. You remember what we read? That he says that the spirit which the world cannot receive... The only people who receive the spirit of God is people who have accepted the gospel. So the moment you have received God's spirit, you have received God's forgiveness. You have received God's power. Because his power is where? In the spirit. Then within the same spirit, you have what we call fruit of the spirit. What is fruit of the spirit? Fruit is simply the nature of God. God's nature is love. God's nature is peace. God's nature is long-suffering. God's nature is kind. So you don't pray for God to be kind to you. It is his nature. Are you here? So it is a spirit you got, but you got gifts. Because within the spirit is everything God is. Eternity is his spirit because his spirit is his life. Am I making sense? So plural can still be singular. Singular. And the singular gift of God is just God's spirit. And within God's abilities, if you want to talk about the gifts you are talking about, is that God can see things before they happen. He speaks about them before they happen. He knows things that are past. So word of knowledge, word of wisdom, they are all the abilities of God. So within his spirit is his abilities. And those abilities is what Paul has divided them as gifts of the Holy Ghost. Am I making sense? I think I'm doing. <laughs> me myself, I know I'm teaching you well. So teach a child anyone when I say A <laughs> B and A Free fee. It's just a joke. Are you following me? So the most precious thing. That is why I think it's, it's Peter that was preaching. Between Peter and Paul, I've just forgotten. It's one of the scriptures we deal with. He says, having received the promised spirit. So even though you're talking about how that Jesus should die and to enter all this dead, dead, dead business, buried, resurrection, it all comes to the spirit of God coming to live in our hearts that's when he said I'm going to pray a place he was still emphasizing it is good that I go that the spirit will be given if I don't go the spirit will not come so the end result of his death, burial, resurrection is for the spirit of God to be able to live in us, that is the preparation he went to do prepare a space in himself that we can dwell in him and he dwells in us so the gift of the spirit it's what we received at salvation. So if you say, I believe in the death, the burial, resurrection and ascension of Jesus, you are just receiving the spirit of God. Are we here? Okay. There's plenty of theories I've combined like that. I've been taught not to teach like that. Father, forgive me, for I do not know what I'm doing. Again, we said that you notice that the word gift is part of the gospel preach. And so, it becomes part of the benefactor of the gospel. That the word gift, charisma, is part of the gospel preached. And because it is part of the gospel preached, it becomes part of the benefactor or beneficiary of the gospel Again, we said that charisma is the Greek word gift. Sorry, we said charisma. Yes, charisma is, the, charisma is the Greek word for gift. And charisma is from the word charis. Charisma is the Greek word for gift. And charisma is from the word charis. Let me correct myself here. We are dealing with 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one, concerning spiritual, concerning spiritual gift. The reason I have to correct myself is that anywhere you see gift, does not mean charisma. There is doron, doron, dura, dorus. It's all are Greek words that still means gift. But this particular one we are dealing with is called charisma. Is that okay? Before somebody say You're yeah, a pastor, you're saying that everywhere you see gift is charisma. No. Our subject and our test of scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. That gift is what I'm trying to explain. Charisma. Are we here? So, charisma is a Greek word, gift, and charisma is from the word charis, which is grace. Charis is grace, and grace means to give freely. We also said that charisma means not just the giving freely. Charisma means not just the giving freely, but the gift that becomes your possession. Charisma is not just the giving freely of a gift, but the gift that becomes your possession. Whatever God has given you, it becomes your possession. It becomes yours. So the spirit of God inside you is yours. It doesn't go anywhere for you to be inviting it. Come Holy Spirit, we need you. Come Spirit of God, we pray come in your strength and your power come in your special way can you imagine how ignorant that song is so what is inside you actually so so, you, I have to have that consciousness that the Spirit of God, His house, if you are looking for Holy Ghost's address, is Gilbert or Seshi, am I? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are His address. That's why Paul said, like, Don't you know? <laughs> That you are the dress of the Holy Ghost. That that's where his residence is. So that the Holy Spirit can be in you and you will not know. That's what Paul is saying. The Christians of Corinthians are like some of us. So they need to be reminded that they have the Spirit of God. Is that clear? So therefore, that which God gives, therefore that which God gives, That is become part of you is what is known as charisma. That which God gives, He gives. And that which He has given has become part of your life is what is called the gift of the Holy Ghost or charisma. You hear? And then we again said that there is a possibility for a man to have charisma and not know it. There is that possibility. That you have the gifts of the Holy Ghost, but you don't know. Uh, I should even put possibility. Looking at the way you have been behaving for the past some days. As you say, you have, but you don't know. Possibility. That's a, that may have a cool amount. When I look at your faces, I see you don't know you have. That is why the gift of the Spirit, or the gift in the Spirit, ought to be taught and understood. Because you may have it and not know. I shouldn't say may. Because you have it and you may not know. The gift of the spirit or the gift in the spirit. Ought to be taught and understood. That's the reason for this convention. You have it. I will not use may. Because there is not a probability in what God has given you. You have it. But the may should be, you may not know. And that's why when it comes to the gifts of the spirit or the gifts in the spirit, the child of God needs to be taught so he can come to an understanding. And then I began another chapter and I said that just as in your office or your school, you have different kinds of meetings. Like departmental meeting, union meeting. Sometimes the, the company, even though it's a bank, they are having a send-off party for a, a, a colleague who is going on retirement. So there are several meetings, and sometimes based on the meeting determines the attire or the content, content and contest of the meeting. Is that okay? So the same way, in the body of Christ, there are several meetings. There is no one type of meeting in the church. There are different kinds of meeting. And each meeting, there is a purpose for it. There are different kinds of meeting in the house of God. And each of them, there is a purpose for that meeting. The first one we handled briefly was teaching meeting. There's a meeting called teaching meeting. Teaching meeting is where the word of God is taught and received. A teaching meeting is a meeting where the word of God is taught and then men received the teaching. It is expected that believers come with their Bibles and not take Bibles from the back of the church. (laughs) In teaching meetings, it is expected that believers in this day and age will have things to write. Because a teaching meeting, it is the classroom of spiritual growth when you come to a teaching meeting, you are expected to write. Not become a journalist who is looking around. In teaching meetings, we write. And I said, the reason we take notes is that the teaching meetings are the classroom for spiritual growth. In teaching meetings is where we learn so someone is teaching. And we found examples in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 where Jesus went about teaching. Matthew 4, 23, Matthew 9, 35. So Jesus taught and preached. And yesterday I said to you, teaching and preaching are the same thing. One is to announce, the other is what you are announcing. So, preaching, keruzo, means to announce, teaching is what you are announcing. So, I'm a teacher, a preacher is neither near here nor there. Again, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, what is known as the Great Commission. Jesus said, make people students. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Go into the word teaching. Matthew, making students. I'm just trying to show you why the primary meeting of the church is a teaching service. Because our instructions we receive from Jesus is to make people students. And students go to a classroom. Is that clear? So, if we are to make people students, our primary meeting will be a classroom meeting. So, the primary thing in the church is the teaching meeting. The primary. When you go to a church, the primary thing you should see is a teaching meeting. That is why in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, let's read Acts chapter 2, verse 41. As soon as Peter finished preaching and the people received the word, the next thing they did was that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Acts chapter 2, verse 41.
1: Acts chapter 2, the verse 41. Mm -hmm. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized.
0: They were identified with the message.
1: And the same day... Added unto them about three thousand souls. Three
0: thousand people joined the church, and what happened in the next verse? And
1: they continued. And they did what? Continued,
0: continued steadfastly in what? In the
1: apostles' doctrine. In the
0: apostles' teaching. And fellowship. And fellowship. And so in- the moment they believe, when somebody becomes a believer, the first thing is that they are taught, because for spiritual growth, the person needs to be taught. You heard that he said they were, they did it what? Daily. Oba oh, saw twice a week. I was here. Captain's band. They all had work. Oh. I have a message I'll teach you. Paul will go and pre oh. Paul the contractor or construction. Oh, but every day the church met. So from work straight, you are coming to Bible study. And sometimes there's six hours, twelve hours. Sometimes they teach all night. So sometimes when they saw The power of God and we are not seeing in our time. You don't blame anybody. It's us. They prayed so much. They studied so much. They went out so much that even the shadows of Paul, Peter, it could heal the sick. Because they are always fellowshipping in the power of God. Whatever you do, it becomes part of you. If you have ever worked in a factory or you know anybody who works in a factory, let's say they produce soap. Every time you see the scent of the soap on them, it's a fact. When you fellowship with him by the Spirit all the time, certain miracles don't struggle to happen. It is not your doing. People can be healed without you knowing. That's why Jesus can walk, and a woman will touch Jesus. His clothes and receive healing that she has tried all doctors. But you been the one hour prayer we pray are done. And look, how born is tired uda o fese na nwobe ma nsasu ba ku you know i just laugh i just sometimes i have fun We ya ja o to up at all. O boy, I bumped by a guy to you. Told in the phone, no, Yes, <laughs> oh mom, Oh boy, We had light off. Oh <laughs> me. When when the goat is scratching his buttocks on the wall, it he thinks he's doing his father. It doesn't know it's doing itself. It's my favorite proverb. Are you here? Acts chapter 5 verse 42. Same, same. Acts 5 42. Acts chapter 5 verse 42.
1: And daily in the temple. And what? Daily in the temple. In the temple. And in every house.
0: So they will go to church. When you think you have gone home. they will go home. Stay here, an hour. Let them teach you next say. One verse four, no, no, I don't want to say. Or see, and daily, you know, just they see and fucker go be free. They all live close by. Ten, 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 ten. We doing the Joseph. You see how we have been doing the Jehovah's Witness people. It's the same thing. Daily in the temple, you think you are finished. You are poor sorry. Now they are going to chase you. Oh, I bet if unfortunately for you, apostle Paul to you, praise all the gifts of the spirit, so you know you are there. <laughs> and daily in the temple, and from house to house, they ceased not to teach. They did what ceased not to cease teach. Cease not, oh like yes. I say, you're out of coverage yoga. Oh, Mali. Coverage you could be one in your area. They ceased not. Not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And to teach and preach not. Daily. Daily. This is also important. Now in Acts chapter 2 verse 44, write them down. Acts chapter 2 verse Acts chapter 4 verse 4. I said now in Acts chapter 2 verse 44... Acts chapter 4, verse 4. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. They were referred to as believers. But by chapter 6, verse 1, they were now given a new name. You know, he said they that believe were joined to the church. And the believers, whatever they were called believers, ah, from Acts Chapter 2, Acts Chapter 4, Acts Chapter 5. By Acts Chapter 6, verse 1. They were referred differently now. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Let's
1: go there. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days, and in those days, the the number of what? The disciples. The disciples
0: multiply. Why? Why are they now referred to as disciples? Because the primary meeting of the church was teaching. So they have now become students of Christ. So when you first believe, you are called a believer. But after that, because you enroll enrolled in the school of Christ, you are now known as a student of Christ. So from then, from Acts chapter 6, they were now called disciples. Is that clear? That means that the predominant meeting of the church is teaching. That means the predominant meeting of a church is teaching. Every church is a Bible school. Every church is a Bible school. So a typical Sunday service, midweek service should be a teaching service. That is why the qualification to be a bishop, and I've explained to you, bishop is not the title that we have now in our world. In the Bible, a, a bishop simply means an overseer, a pastor. Anybody who looks over—if you look over one or two people and you teach them—you're a bishop. They never gave you any clothes, big cross, big um, ring, big cap or hat, or whatever they call it sometimes the charismatic, we are very interesting people. We criticize the colleagues and then we copy the things they do. Because all these things, they were they, they were they learning from the college church. Long cassock. I used to have some. Mine was different colors. I was afraid of the white because I knew I'd be like the priest. I had the green Lilac, t shirts Say now why you continue? Oh, African mom, somebody can see your clothes and think you are anointed. <laughs> if you like wear T-shirt and jeans, they will see you don't have anointing. It got to a stage. Some of my friends were even using walking stick. I, I couldn't think far. I say I saw my So young young boys so. oh. As far as I'm concerned, walking stick is for who? <laughs> then young boy, in his thirties. Some of them are even in twenties, late twenties. Then they are going to wear a long rope. Then put. <laughs> ready. I ready. Mean, I went to a college school? I nearly mentioned one of our bishops' name. Put his cap. That cup they put right at the ethical etiko ethical grandfather. did he say? Your head back, <laughs> young man. He's putting cap there. And the moment that cap enters there like this, somewhere somehow, the working change, the attitude. Why slow? Cause I for then my, you know anything you learn from somebody, you take it to the next level. Then they started adding working stick. But the people you are learning from, I've never seen any of them holding working stick. So you say, papa, 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 Papa. Papa. <laughs> I remember some years ago, the Archbishop bishop did a program at campus. And a small boy was passing. And he heard them saying, Papa, Papa. Papa. At Bishop Top, he was the one they were calling. Then he turned and he saw there's a small boy. cause a young man, come here. How many battles have you won? Show me your, your, your scars. Foolish boy. Who are you papering? <laughs> Some people are learning how to brush their teeth and even calling their son papa. <laughs> are you here? Now, I said that qualification for somebody to be a pastor, a shepherd, in Scripture was that he was supposed to be able to teach. You can find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and Titus chapter 1, verse 9. The qualification for a shepherd, which the King James uses bishop, Is that you have to opt to teach second Timothy two twenty-four, two two, and then Titus one nine. Pick one of them, let's read because of time. Second Timothy chapter two,
1: verse Mm twenty-four. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty four, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, Mm -hmm. but be gentle unto all men, Mm -hmm. apt to teach, apt to teach. That is able
0: to what teach. If you say you are just, I I remember those they said, "I'm a prophet," so me teaching is not my area. Is ignorance. There's nobody in the house of God who is not supposed to teach. Ignorance makes you say a lot of foolish things. Says if you say you are a man of God, you should be able to teach. So a proof of a man of God is his ability to teach the scriptures. Says steady to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly. He was not talking to a Christian, he was talking to the Pastor. A pastor must study so he'll be able to teach, rightly divide God's word. We'll be be handling, um, what about he gave gifts unto men, some as prophets, some as, you understand, even the word evangelist has been wrongly interpreted in our world. What we know as evangelist is not the one in the Bible. We think an evangelist is somebody who goes out to do crusade. Maybe it's the Ghana one. But the Bible one is not like that. And I will use scriptures to teach you. In fact, it's the, it's the third type of meeting. Okay. Where were we? What was the last scripture? You read the Titus, eh? Or you read the Timothy? Okay. So next point. The teaching meeting is the classroom. And this is important, you write it in capital. Every other thing outside of the teaching meeting is what is called the practical class. Every other thing outside the teaching meeting is what you can call the practical class or examination. We good? After the teaching meeting, the first meeting in order of priority will be the prayer meeting. After the teaching meeting, the first meeting in order of priority will be the prayer meeting. So, when you see somebody who is not available for Bible teaching and prayer meeting, is either the person is not born again at all or they are not totally born again. So when you see somebody who is not available for Bible teaching or prayer meeting, is either the person is not born again at all or they are not totally born again. Because why would a believer not like teaching? Why do you call yourself a believer and you don't like teaching? When you come to church, every 2 minutes you are looking at your watch like a referee. When teaching is going on, you are looking at your watch. Are you a referee? The teaching meeting is the classroom. And then the first compulsory exams is the prayer meeting. The teaching meeting is the classroom. And then the first compulsory exams. After you are taught, the next thing you do is you pray. As Jesus taught his disciples in Luke chapter 24, 25 to 27, and 44 to 49, listen to this, this is key to where we are going. As Jesus taught his disciples, you remember, beginning at Moses, that is Luke 24, 25 to 27, and then 44 to 49. The first major activity we see them do is praying. After Jesus is teaching with them in Luke 24, 25 to 27 and 44 to 49, the first thing we see the disciples do, Acts chapter 1 verse 14. After Jesus has taught them for 40 days, the next thing, as 1 14.
1: Acts chapter 1, the verse 14. Mm-hmm. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They continued with one accord with what? Prayer and supplication mm-hmm. with the woman. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, with, and his, with his brethren. So after teaching, the next thing is prayer.
0: After preaching, after after teaching, the next thing is prayer. Aside ministry to the sick, aside ministering to the sick, outside of Jesus' teaching, what he did most predominantly was praying. Aside Jesus ministering to the sick, outside of teaching, what we found Jesus doing most predominantly was praying. So if Jesus is not healing the sick, If he is not teaching, what Jesus was found doing most of the time was he was praying. In two separate occasions, he took two of his disciples to go and pray. Two separate occasions, he took two of his disciples to go and pray. You can find that evidence in Matthew chapter 17, 1 to 5, and then Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 3. Don't read it because of time. Next point. Any church, any church anyone goes to and the teaching does not lead you to pray, check what is being taught. Any church that one goes to and the teaching does not lead you to pray, check what is being taught. Because prayer is predominant in our doctrine that we must teach. Men to pray. Jesus taught to pray. His disciples taught to pray. Paul instructed praying. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. There was the hour of prayer. The church had an hour they prayed. Are you here? Acts chapter 4 verse 22 to 23. And verse 31. Acts chapter 4 22 to 23. Acts chapter verse 31, Acts chapter 6, verse 4. These are all prayer meetings of the church. So you can't take prayer out of your Christian life. You are taught, you pray. That's why there's that instruction, pray without ceasing. Praying always, with all prayers, in supplication, with thanksgiving. Prayer is a way of life for the Christian. When you see a Christian who does not devote to teaching and prayer meetings, you are looking at an unserious Christian. When you see or watch a Christian who is not devoted to teaching and preaching and prayer meetings, you are looking at an unserious Christian. Because of time, I'll take one more service so that in the evening, I deal with the healing meetings And then our Holy Ghost meeting, that is the reason for this conference. So there is the teaching meeting. There is the prayer meeting. The third one is the evangelism or evangelistic meeting. evangelistic meeting. Are you here? Evangelistic meeting is also a practical class. Evangelistic meeting is also a practical class. As we are taught the word of God, We are given the responsibility to reach the unsaved. As we are taught the Word of God, the Word of God then gives us the responsibility that we should reach the unsaved. You find it in Mark 16 15 that we should go into the world. Are you here? Also in Luke chapter 24, verse 47. So after you are taught, you pray, after you pray, there is the outreach where we reach the unsaved. Look at Luke twenty four, forty seven.
1: Luke chapter twenty-four, the verse forty seven. And that repentance and remission. And that of repentance sins. and what? Remission of, sins Remission
0: of sins should be
1: preached. Should be preached
0: in his name among
1: all nations,
0: beginning so, at Jerusalem. Look, look at how it flows. Go to forty-four. What was happening it's before forty-seven? And he said
1: unto and them. And Jesus
0: said unto them, "These, these are, are, the are the words which, which I, I, I said speak. unto you whilst I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the psalms, the prophets, concerning me, and open he the understanding that they might understand the scriptures."
1: And, them, and he said unto them, That's it's written, written, and, and that, that it behold Christ, Christ to, suffer, to suffer, and, and to, to enter- rise from the dead, dead the third day, day, and that repentance, repentance and, remission and remission of, of sins, sins should be So after touched. Jesus had taught them,
0: the next thing was that they were sent to go out. So the teaching service also produces another practical service or class called the evangelism meeting. Where we reach out. Are you here? So I said this. There's an incorrect theology. There's an incorrect theology. That God chooses. Some people. To go and preach. To unbelievers. And such people are called evangelists. It's an incorrect theology. And that theology has robbed so many believers of their ministry. When there's a theology, oh, the evangelism, there there are certain people who have been anointed to do evangelism. No, no, no. The moment it happens like that, what is yours, you lose it. Or better still, you don't function in it. Pastor Chris says when he got saved, that same day, the evening, they took him for evangelism. So with that... It was something he knew that it's something he should do, not for somebody else to do. Evangelism is part of our Christian life. Evangelism is part of our Christian life. People have misconstrued Philip, who was called the evangelist in Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Look at Acts chapter 21, verse 8.
1: Acts chapter 21, the verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist. Philip the Evangelist. Which was one of the seven and abode with him. But if you are a good Bible student, you remember that I
0: think it's in Acts chapter 6. Was it Acts chapter 6 that they were sent separate for me? Men of good report. Is this six or four?
1: Let's look at it. That time Philip was not an evangelist. Acts chapter 6 verse 3. Uh-huh. Therefore brethren, look he out among you seven men of honest report. Mm-hmm. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Whom we may appoint over this business.
0: Mm. So Philip was an usher. When he went to preach, he was not an evangelist. So an evangelist is not somebody who goes out to preach. We'll explain further. Are you here? Look at Acts chapter 8 verse 5.
1: Acts chapter 8 the verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them.
0: So because Philip went to Samaria to preach Christ unto them, <laughs> we think that means he's an evangelist. he went to Samaria as a deacon, an usher. And he was not the only one. Philip went to Samaria, not as an evangelist, but as a deacon, or an an usher. So by the time you read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, he gave some as prophets, evangelists, and you hear the word evangelist, You understand what the evangelist is for. Let's go back there. Look at what he said. Sometimes we don't read thoroughly. Ephesians 4, 11. Our popular scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, the
1: verse 11. Mm -hmm. And he gave some apostles. He gave some
0: to be apostles. And
1: some prophets.
0: Some to be prophets. And
1: some evangelists. Some
0: evangelists. And some
1: pastors and teachers. Pastors and who? teachers and what is their responsibility for the perfecting of the saints is it for the perfecting of the unbeliever for the perfecting of the
0: saints so is the evangelist the one who goes to the unbeliever no the evangelist is to perfect who the, the saints. saints not the unbeliever so wherever we got that theology from that evangelist is the one who goes out to win souls Then the rest of us will be praying to support him. That's not what the Bible says. Another evidence. You see, the evangelist, just like the pastor, they are to train the saints for the work of ministry. The evangelist, the pastor, the prophet teacher, they are to train the saints to do the work of ministry. So the evangelist is to train... The believer, the disciple, so that the disciple can preach the gospel. Next point. The first time we see the word evangelist, the first time the word evangelist was used, it was church-based. It was church focus. The first time the word evangelist was used, it was what? Church-based. The focus was the church, not the world. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy
1: chapter
0: 4. I think is 1. I, I, was, I, I wrote that in and then I cancelled it.
1: 2 Timothy...
0: Do 2 Timothy 4.
1: Second Timothy chapter 4 verse you 1. Don't find it, we'll go to first Timothy. I charge thee therefore before God uh-huh. and the Lord Jesus Christ uh-huh. who shall judge the quick, quick and, and the, the dead, dead uh-huh. at his appearing and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Preach the word. Do
0: what? Preach the word. So Timothy was a
1: pastor. And this is the instruction of Paul. He says you should do what? You should preach the, the word. word. Uh-huh. Be instant in season, uh-huh. out of season, uh-huh. reprove, mm-hmm. rebuke, mm-hmm. exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Mm-hmm. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, mm-hmm. but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, mm-hmm. and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Mm-hmm. But watch thou in all things. But
0: watch thou in all
1: things. Endure affliction. Endure the affliction. Do the work of do an the work of who? an evangelist an evangelist make full proof of thy ministry. So
0: where was he to do the work of the evangelist in the church? So whoever brought the theory theology. That evangelist is the one who goes out to preach to souls. They didn't pick it from the Bible. Because that work of the evangelist was not to the world, but to the church. He says, you see, you have to be diligent in your church. Timothy. Because people will start bringing different different doctrine. So rebuild correct with the scripture. Your church members make sure what is the work of the evangelist? And I said to you in, 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 in uh, is it Ephesians, he says that the evangelist is for the work of what? Ministry, for perfecting of the saints. So do the work of the evangelist simply means perfect the saints against wrong doctrine. Because when you read Ephesians chapter 4, after he talked about for the, edific- for the edification of the saints, for the work of ministry, so that henceforth they will not be tossed to and flow By every wind of what? It's the same instruction Paul is giving to Timothy. So the work of the evangelist is not outside. I am evangelist Gilberto Searcher, I have been called to rural areas. So who has been called to? No, no, no. no. Are you you hearing me? So something can stay very long. Practice by... People with degrees in the Bible but pay attention. Jesus dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees, they knew their scriptures, so but it is how they interpreted it. That's why yesterday I said you can be very knowledgeable but you are knowledgeable in ignorance. They have something called 5 ministry. When I went to Bible school, they taught me the thumb is the apostle. He touches all of them. Then this one, you use your hand to show direction. That's the prophet. Then the tallest finger is the reaching out. So that's the evangelist. Then this is where you put ring. Relationship. That's the pastor. And then when you have something in your ears or you want to check if a fowl has egg, this is the teacher. <laughs> that's how I was taught in Bible school. The small finger goes to so the teacher goes into deep. What to the stories, <laughs> eh? Plenty sometimes when somebody fights you about teaching properly they are just dishonest I didn't use my mind to say that they say that guy he's a heretic I didn't say I had a dream we just read, did you not read did you say the evangelist is the one who goes out or you say do the work of evangelists in rural areas he didn't say that even when Jesus sent them to go out into the world and preach the gospel to one he didn't call them evangelists. So where from that word? Or how did the evangelist become the one who goes out to preach? Are we here? I'm closing. So you can write this for teaching somebody. There are two places where we find the word evangelist. None is in the world, they were all in the church. The word evangelist, the two places we just read in Ephesians and in Timothy, they were all in the church. Are you here? So, who is giving the responsibility to preach the gospel? Romans chapter 10, verse 14, my last scripture. Who is giving? the responsibility to preach the gospel.
1: Romans chapter 10, the verse 14. Mm. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Without a preacher. How will people hear the gospel without a preacher? 2
0: Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 through 19, will find who the preacher is.
1: Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Mm-hmm. All things are passed away. Mm-hmm. Behold, all things are become new. Mm-hmm. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and have given to us the He ministry. has given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. The
0: ministry of what? Reconciliation. So every believer has a what?
1: A ministry. And what is the ministry? To wait that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, mm-hmm. not imputing their trespasses unto them. Mm-hmm. And hath committed unto and us. And
0: he has committed unto who? The new us. creature. The word of reconciliation. The word of what? Reconciliation. So who are to preach the gospel? Every believer. Not especially anointed, set apart person called evangelist. Every believer has been given the ministry of reconciliation. So the practical class is... Prayer meeting and reaching the unsaved. The practical class, the classroom is the teaching. The practical class is the prayer and reaching the unsaved. So you don't join a church to learn how to do beats or learn how to do tie and die Ajua your Yankee. You join a church to learn about Jesus and to reach out. The unsaved. In the evening we'll be dealing with healing meetings. How it is done. And then we'll be dealing with the Holy Ghost meetings. How can I hear? What do I hear? How do I prophesy? What is expected when I come to a Holy Ghost meeting? Rise up on your feet. This was a message from the General Overseer
1: of, of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Ossei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on
0: 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.